Welcome to Sunshine Graces with Podcast Nun. My name is Sister Ave Clark. I am a Dominican sister from New York. I am happy you can join me today. Hi, everybody. Today on Podcast Nun Everyday Grace, I'm going to interview a friend that I met back a few years ago. I know his mom, and then I met Adam Morris and his wife, Michelle. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Sister Ave? Very good, and Adam happens to live not in New York. Where do you live, Adam? I live in the city of Columbia, Missouri, which is where the uh, University of Missouri main campus is. That is fantastic. Here we are, miles apart, but talking like we're heart to heart. We're going to get started right now, everyone, and you're going to be very interested in what we're going to talk about this evening. Even though we're on the ground, we're going to talk about flying. So, Adam, how did you get interested in flying and why? Oh, man, wow. And, um, I wanted to fly for pretty much as long as I can remember. Um, when I was a kid, my parents took me on a sightseeing trip in a little four-seat airplane with a single engine out of Hyannis on Cape Cod. Uh, my Aunt Annie was with us, too. And, you know, I never forgot the feeling of watching the ground kind of fall away off and and then seeing the, the the city and and then you know kind of the whole area Cape Cod and the ocean and the shore I was just it's just amazing um, I later found a picture of that trip uh, in one of my mom's photo albums it was 1976 the plane was a Piper Cherokee and I was only four years old so that's where it started um, I had a couple other chances uh, to fly on large airplanes as a child because my, my folks took me to see our relatives in Italy, and I always loved it. Um, my dad worked for Eastern Airlines doing uh, maintenance between flights, so, you know, cleaning the, the cabin, um, uh, you know, changing out food, things like that. And one day he took me to work, and so I got to sit in the cockpit of this big jet, and the pilot was there, and he was showing me things. And I don't remember much, but I do remember at one point he was, you know, flipping some switches, explaining what stuff was, and I think out of habit, he, he flipped some levers and the engine started spooling up. He said, well, oh, I didn't mean to do that. That's the part I remember. So that was pretty cool. Um, second time I got into a small airplane, I was about 12 or 13 years old, and um, my mom and my aunt took me up to a place called Old Rhyme. Aerodrome near Rhinebeck, New York, where they fly planes from when, you know, flying first started. So open cockpit biplanes, they've got a replica of the Wright Brothers plane, and they offer short flights to visitors, and I got to go on one. And the pilot did loops and rolls in this open cockpit airplane. I had this little hat on and the goggles, and I was amazed. So, uh, some of the love, it was my parents' fault. Well, you know, I agree with that, but it sounds like they were giving their son some wonderful experiences. Now, where did you learn how to fly? Okay, um, not too far from me in, in Jefferson City, that's the capital of Missouri. Uh, a place called the Jefferson City Flying Service. It's about a half hour drive from here. Um, the airport's pretty small, and most of the aircraft there are small planes. The cool thing is, though, I learned to fly on a Piper Warrior, which is basically a newer version of the Piper Cherokee I rode in 40 years ago, uh, 40 years earlier, in 1976, Cape Cod. Well, look at that, how the past comes into the present and makes you sure happy. Well, how many lessons did you have to take before you could fly alone? Oh, well, 
I had to check my log book on that one. Let's see. Um, after 18 lessons, 21.7 flight hours, and probably the most important number, 118 landings with an instructor, I was allowed to do my first solo. Uh, for me and for most pilots, the first solo, it's a short flight, maybe half an hour. You do three takeoffs and three landings, and that's the first time any student flies without an instructor. Uh, I did mine on October 1st, 2017. It was about five months after I started my training, which is pretty average. I was doing lessons once a week. Um, and I got my private pilot's license uh, two and a half months later. That is fantastic, and I could tell as you're sharing how happy you are that you can fly. So what kind of a plane do you fly now? Okay, well now I'm, uh, I'm, I got to be a member of a flying club at Boonville, which is uh, also a half hour from Columbia, but in, uh, west instead of south. Uh, and the club um, is 30, 30 guys, and we are all co-owners of three small airplanes, all Cessnas. Um, a Cessna 172 Skyhawk, a Cessna 177 Cardinal, and a Cessna 182R Skylane. So, um, kind of similar to the Piper, they seat four people, but they have, they're called high-wing airplanes, which means the wing is on top of the cabin, uh, whereas a Piper, just like large jets, the wing is kind of below the cabin where you sit. Um, that was a bit of transition for me since I learned to fly in the low-wing airplane. Um, and I think they're a little easier to land, but on the other hand, the Cessnas are a lot easier for people who aren't uh, tiny, uh, like I am, <laughs> or not am, to sit in. Uh, they all seat four. Only the 182 has a big enough airplane to actually handle four adults. Um, to give you an idea of the size when you're sitting in the plane, Think of the inside of a 1990s Honda Civic and then add wings, and that's pretty much what a Cessna is like. Um, as for speed, the 172 is the slowest, and that cruises around 115 miles an hour. And the 182 is much faster, around 150 to 185 miles per hour, depending on the wind. The Cardinal, the 177, is somewhere in the middle. Wow, that's a lot of speed. That sound, it sounds very exciting. Now... <clears throat> Have you ever had other passengers or even a dog on a flight? Uh, yes to all. Uh, my wife, Michelle, flies with me sometimes. And Mouse has flown with me uh, and with me and Michelle a few times. He liked it more when he was a puppy. And on our last few trips, he got a little overexcited. We're not really sure why. So we need to maybe do a few more short trips with him to kind of figure out what's up. Um, and every once in a while, I fly with other club members, uh, usually when I'm getting a refresher lesson, um, or maybe we're um, you know, taking a plane for maintenance or something like that. Wow, that's interesting that the little dog could be... I, I'd just like to ask you, is, does the dog wear a seatbelt? Yes. Actually, he wears the same getup he has in the car. He's got a harness, and uh, there's a sh short uh, leash, maybe about six inches long, and that uh, that plugs into where the clicks into where the where the regular people seat belt clicks in uh, in the car, and we're able to make it work in the airplane. So ah. that's how he stays pretty stable. That's good. Well, my Yorkie's very active. I'm sure he'd love to fly. <laughs> how, oh my, he might. <laughs> how far have you flown? Well, you know, yeah, you, that, that changed recently. Um, I, I think before uh, last. Before July, I would have said maybe three, four hundred miles. But last July, I got to fly 
my wife and I all the way to Richmond, Virginia uh, to visit her parents. And that's about a thousand miles uh, as the crow or Cessna flies. Uh, it took six hours of flying time in that big 182 uh, with an hour stop in Madison, Indiana at a little airport there for fuel bathrooms and picnic lunch. Now, can I ask you, is it noisy when you're flying? Does the plane make a lot of noise or is it... It, it does. It does. Small planes, the engine of a small plane sounds like being next to a lawnmower. Ooh. And in <laughs> fact, it is highly recommended, uh, I, I mean almost required really, um, to have uh, a headset that uh, not only allows you to talk on the radio to air traffic and to other pilots and to the other people in the airplane, but also provides noise protection. All right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I, after I got my instrument rating, I'll talk more about that in a minute, um, I upgraded my headset to have uh, active noise reduction. So it, it takes the noise of the engine down to almost nothing. Wow, if you saw me now with my headsets on, you'd say she looks like a pilot, too. <laughs> I <bet> now, I would. <laughs> does a plane have a GPS? It does. Uh, almost all of them do now. They're very popular, and they make flying a lot easier. Um, the ones in our, in, our pl- in our club planes, they not show you where you are uh, and a big, bright magenta line to show you where you're going, um, but they can also tell how high you are. Uh, and how fast you're moving. And, and all that information can be used to do what's called an instrument landing, where the pilot can land the plane in low clouds and rainy weather using the GPS and talking to air traffic control. And that requires some special training called an instrument rating, which I completed in October 2019. Um, that was about, I think, the hardest thing I ever tried to do and, and, and succeeded. Um, You've got two little lines on an instrument that tell you if you're in line with the runway vertically and horizontally, um, one that goes from left to right, one that goes up and down. And the goal is to keep the plane lined up runway and gliding down at just the right speed so you don't get too high or too low. If you're doing it right, they make a cross in this, in this instrument. Um, and if you do it wrong, then one line goes to the bottom and the other line goes to the right or the left, and then you just have to fly around and do it again. Uh, And, yeah, it is is a challenging as it sounds, but it sure feels great when you do it right. Now, uh, how are the landings? Are they bumpy? Um, (laughs) depends on the day. Um, (laughs) If I've been practicing, uh, my landings are pretty smooth. When I haven't been practicing, uh, they can be a little bit harder. They they can be, but that depends on how much work I've been putting in lately. Well, it sounds like you really do uh, keep yourself checked on this. Now, this podcast is called Everyday Grace, and you certainly had some graces. How do you feel so close to the clouds, or even heaven? That's, you know, it's, it's hard to describe. That actually is the best part, I think, about getting my instrument rating. Because before that, before I had that, you're... You're supposed to be really careful about clouds. You have to stay a certain distance away from them, over them, or under them. Um, and so you find yourself mostly flying on you know, perfectly clear and sunny days with very few clouds. But with the instrument rating, uh, it, you know, as long, as long as air traffic control has you on radar, and you can climb through a cloud. You can fly right next to them, fly in and out of them. It's, I don't know, there's something else miraculous about it because it's just, they're, 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 they're so ephemeral, and yet, you know, um, and it's visually so 
impressive. Um, of course, the largest clouds are the ones you want to stay away from. Um, and even the small ones, once you get inside, it can get a little bumpy. It's just kind it, of fun, too. It sound, would you say that um, you're flying, do you feel peaceful as you're flying? Uh, you know, there's a, there's a saying in aviation. Um, I'm trying to remember how it goes exactly. It's 90% it's, it's almost boredom. So, yes, very peaceful. And 10% sheer terror. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's leave the terror out. We'll focus on the... No. It's a bit of an exaggeration, but <laughs> what, what it means is for most of your flight, when you're just cruising along and, you know, you're checking in with air traffic control, you know, once every 10 or 15 minutes, and you're really, it is very peaceful. You're looking around. Um, our planes have, the plane I was flying was recently the big one, the Virginia. We had autopilot, so the plane is, the, the autopilot is keeping the plane straight and level. So it means I can take my hands off the controls and um, even snap a few pictures, uh, you know, um, uh, while I'm flying. So it, 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 is, it is very relaxing. But no, well, then as you're getting close to the airport and you're listening to traffic control, they're saying, okay, now descend down to this level and descend down to this level. Um, then, you know, they clear you for landing and they, you've got to decide, are you going to get on, stay on instruments? Or uh, are you going to just fly visually and then get lined up to do the landing and make sure there are no other planes around? And there's a lot to do at the very beginning and the very end of the flight. And that's the, the 10 minutes of quote-unquote sheer terror. <laughs> I'm going to take the terror out of that. Now, where would you like to fly? Mm. You know, I've been really lucky, actually. The, 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 the kind of the dream flights that, that people talk about, um, the two ones that were on my list have actually done uh, in 2019, uh, I flew with an instructor acting as co-pilot and tour guide uh, around Maui in Hawaii, which was probably the best flight of my life, flying or not flying, um, as pilot or not passenger. It was amazing. I mean, the water, the islands, the waterfalls, the, 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 the jungles, the cities, the, the volcano mountains. Um, uh, you know, seeing the place we were staying, and, and, and it was, it was, that was just unbelievable. Um, the other thing I always wanted to do, uh, once I kind of found out it was a thing, was, you know, fly around Manhattan. Uh, and uh, just a couple months ago, after they lifted some of the COVID restrictions, I, I got to go back to New York, um, and I took a flying lesson at a Republic airport in Farmingdale. Um, flew up the southern coast of Long Island to the Vera San Andreas Bridge, past the Statue of Liberty, um, up the Hudson River almost to the George Washington Bridge, and then we uh, turned east and had to back along the North Shore. Um, and that was that was amazing. And my my instructor got some pictures and stuff, so I got to kind of take those home. Um, the one really kind of amazing place that I haven't done yet that I think I'd like to do would be fly over the Grand Canyon. And uh, I've been to Arizona a couple of times, and I bet by air it would be absolutely amazing. Well, I think just listening to you today, I'm not a person that goes on planes, but I found that very interesting what you were saying. And I think anybody else listening to this, it was a very enjoyable time with you today. So every day, Podcast Nun says we had a good time <coughs> interviewing Adam Morris today. Thank you, Adam. <laughs>